0: President Biden is canceling billions in student loan debt, forcing you and me to pay other people's college tuitions. We've got a bombshell admission by Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg, who says that the FBI pressured Facebook to censor the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. Yeah, essentially that's what happened, is that the the FBI pressured Facebook to censor the Hunter laptop scandal. The Mar-a-Lago affidavit has been released, and Trump is still not going to jail. Oh, and global warming is being reversed. So we've got so much to get to. Plus, we have a bunch of great clips that I will play you in just a moment. I will play you a clip of Jared Kushner blasting Dr. Fauci, a clip of Ron DeSantis and Tom Cotton on the student loan fiasco. Welcome to the Yakov M. Show on the VIN News Podcast Network, the only Haredi political podcast Of its kind, and let me say this about the Biden forgiveness of student loan debt: How much of a forgiveness? These forgiving student loan debt. Oh, we don't owe him the money. I mean, it's like if Stephen owes Joseph money, Stephen owes Bob money, and I say, "Listen, Stephen, it's okay. I forgive you. You don't have to pay Bob the money that you owe him. He doesn't owe me the money. He owes." Bob the money, but I forgive the money. Like, how does that work? So like just and this is exactly what we predicted, that the student loan cancellation would happen. And just in the nick of time here, just weeks before the November midterms, as the Democrats are poised for a bloodbath, when all else fails, Democrats try to bribe voters. It's a giant welfare program for the middle class and the wealthy. And it is now official that that Biden is a socialist pandering to Bernie Sanders, to Ocasio. And trying to bribe the country to vote for Democrats in November—it's not going to work, by the way. But now we have a total of thirty-two billion dollars—the total amount of Biden student loan forgiveness, thirty-two billion dollars. So this is how you bankrupt the country. I mean, we're talking about there are trillions and trillions of dollars in student loan debts. By the way, there's the 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 uh, default rate on student loans is already off the charts. But here's the real issue: is these people, these college attendees, they borrowed the money. They need to pay, you, you borrow the money, you need to pay back the money. It's a very simple concept. Nobody forced them to borrow the money. Nobody stuck the money down their throat and said, here, now you owe the government money. Okay, nobody went and gave them money and told them to spend it. Not just on tuition, by the way. They spend it on all, they spend it on a car. They can, they, they, the government writes them a blank check. The check doesn't go to the college. But, um, you borrow money. That is a capitalist concept that the socialists do not believe in. And now Biden has joined that club. You borrow the money, you need to pay back the money, okay? And it's we can also get into how it's all one big Ponzi scheme where the government literally gives people money to pay college tuition. Then the colleges go and charge a fortune. Nobody would ever pay this amount. If, the amount that the, the exorbitant t- college tuitions, astronomical, right? They're way, way, way beyond what anybody – if somebody was paying out of pocket except for very rare wealthy people, 40000 50000 $80,000 a year – Nobody would pay that out of their pocket. They're only able to charge a fortune because it is subsidized by the government. Then in return, the colleges brainwash students to become Democrats. But that's not even the point. The point is that the Democrats keep handing out trillions of dollars and people refuse to take responsibility to pay off their debt. And the government says, no problem. We're going to swoop in and we're going to save the day. But like I said, you know, let me give you an analogy of how, you know, this scheme works where They uh, used these college uh, student loans, these government loans to inflate college tuitions. Let's say there was a company making MAGA T-shirts, right, for Trump. And the company was charging like $5 a T-shirt. People didn't want to spend more than that. I think people would probably spend a lot more for MAGA T-shirts and probably do. But let's just say $5 and that was the threshold, right? And then the government stepped in and said, all right, we're going to subsidize this. We're going to hand out 20 bucks. Every time you buy a MAGA T-shirt, we're going to pay 20 bucks. Well, what would happen? The T-shirt company would then start charging twenty dollars for the MAGA T-shirt instead of five dollars because, hey, why not? Of course, you charge it because people will pay it because it's all government. It's free money. It's free money. So that's what happens: is the, de- the the colleges for the Democrats are like MAGA T-shirts because these colleges literally indoctrinate their students to become Democrat voters and to become and 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 to become socialists and radicals. And the government is the one that's paying the bill. All right. Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, has admitted that the FBI literally pressured Facebook to censor the Hunter Biden laptop scandal as Russian disinformation. Zuckerberg admitted this on the Joe Rogan podcast. This is a bombshell. It confirms everything that we have known about the deep state. What is the FBI getting involved in what Facebook, the social media company, is publishing or censoring? Think about that. The FBI forgetting the fact that it was actually Genuine, that it wasn't Russian disinformation. That, that was fake. The fact the, the the notion that it was Russian disinformation was fake news. So Facebook on the pre, and I don't think Facebook ever for a second thought that it was Russian disinformation, nor did Twitter. They just were doing it to protect Joe Biden. They're admitting that now, basically, that they needed to protect, they needed to make sure that Biden won at all costs. And the Hunter Biden uh, laptop scandal got in their way. But the FBI is calling, the FBI does not call Facebook and CNN and the New York Times when they're publishing Fake news about Trump, like Russia collusion, that hoax. But here you have a real genuine news story, and the FBI is intervening and saying, don't publish it. Like, how it, it It's disgraceful. So Zuckerberg, he literally said that right before the Hunter Biden laptop scandal broke, the FBI contacted Facebook, warned them about Russian disinformation, essentially pressured Facebook not to share the Hunter laptop story, to suppress the Hunter laptop story, which is exactly what happened. Facebook, Zuckerberg is saying, well... We weren't as bad as Twitter. Twitter totally banned the story. We did not ban the story, but we suppressed it. You know, we prevented it from being shared and having the visibility that it normally would have had. So essentially Facebook made it invisible due to pressure literally from the FBI. By the way, Facebook, they welcomed that pressure. They were thrilled to have that pressure from the FBI. But here's the amazing thing is, and by the way, Zuckerberg was asked by Rogan, did the FBI specify that the Hunter laptop was Russian disinformation? He said, I don't remember if they specified it, but that was clearly what they were referencing. That's what Zuckerberg basically said. The, and Facebook then suppressed the story for a, for a crucial five to seven days at least while they were supposedly investigating whether it was Russian disinformation. There was zero evidence. There was zero evidence that it was Russian disinformation. A bunch of uh, formal intel officials, Democrats, uh, put out this this letter claiming that it was Russian disinformation. That was a lie. Literally, this 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 story was 100 percent genuine and the media totally buried it because they needed to make sure to run protection for Biden. But here's the the, here's the real point is since when does the FBI tell newspapers what to print? Imagine if this were Trump. Imagine if when Trump were president and we spent two years with the Russia spy gate hoax. Right. Constant fake news stories about Trump. Did the FBI ever call CNN and say, hey, you know what? I think you shouldn't publish all this fake news about Trump. Number one, if they did it, then it would have been that the media would have plastered it as like a headline everywhere. They would have they, they would have used it to attack Trump or oh, Trump's FBI interfering with the media suppressing freedom of the press, even though I think that I think they had every right to do it. I think it was the FBI's responsibility where they actually should have spoken out and said this whole thing is a fake news narrative. This is bogus. The whole Russia Gate is bogus, which it was yet they never got involved they never ever did anything like that and there's constant fake news against Trump and against conservatives and the FBI never gets involved and here you have a real scandal perhaps bigger than Watergate about how the son of the vice president and now of the president is literally in the pocket of China in the pocket of Russia in the pocket of Ukraine and the, and these other and and these other foreign countries these foreign entities these enemies of the United States are buying off Joe Biden the big guy by, by you know, through Hunter And yet, suddenly the FBI wakes up and decides, oh boy, this might be Russian disinformation. You can't publish this. You've got to suppress this. And then we're supposed to believe that the media is not biased and that there is no deep state. All right, so let's get to these clips. You're going to love these clips, I believe. Here's the first one, and this is going to be clip two, where Jared Kushner says that Dr. Fauci, basically Jared Kushner describing how Dr. Fauci, and it's a little bit of a long clip, but I think it's important, how Dr. Fauci undermined Trump repeatedly and, and and how Trump did so much. Trump and Kushner accomplished so much, uh, especially in the early days of COVID to, to, you know, to prevent people from dying and prevent people from being hospitalized and did so much, uh, to fight the COVID pandemic. Dr. Fauci undermined them and politicized COVID, which of course is not a surprise. And listen to how Kushner points out that, that Dr. Fauci was buddy-buddy with CNN's Jim Acosta, who was a vicious, viciously opposed to, to, to Trump. And and how, this is really stunning, how Fauci actually conspired with Governor Andrew Cuomo, who, who murdered, I mean, thousands and probably tens of thousands of, of nursing home residents with COVID, and, and yet Cuomo was actually colluding with Fauci against Trump. Take a listen.
1: Anthony Fauci said this yesterday on our channel about Cut18. Do you regret the shutdown, the sweeping shutdown? That some said made things worse. No, I I don't, uh, Neil. And in fact, I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. There was a lot of consideration among the White House task force that we were reaching a point where the hospitals, such as in New York City and other places, were being strained to the point of practically being overwhelmed. You bring us inside those meetings would what, You, what you pause for one pushing second this clip.
0: Right there Fauci uh, is once again telling this this false this lie this falsehood saying, I didn't shut down anything. He said this a few weeks ago also. He did. We actually have clips of him from back in 2020 saying that he shut down and he locked down the country in the early days of the pandemic. Now, at the time, a lot of people believed that was the right thing to do. But now he's suddenly revising history. Kushner is going to allude to that in a moment, how Fauci plays around with words. But now now Fauci is suddenly he's realizing how incredibly unpopular he is and how unpopular the lockdowns were. And uh, suddenly he has this incredible forgetfulness and claims, "Well, I didn't lock down anything. No, actually, you are the one who locked down the country." Continue the clip. So,
1: so first of all, he's master with words and on being on all sides of things. But, but I'd say in the beginning, the first 15 days that we did to stop stop the spread, that that made a very big difference, right? The hot, the the the, the rate of growth and spread of the virus was was huge. The hospitals were running out of capacity. And we did not have enough medical supplies in the country to deal with it. So by by doing the first 15 days where we got people to kind of stay in place a little bit more, that enabled us to to, to stimulate supplies. And again, I go through this in the book, how we did it. We were facing improbable challenges. We got all the bureaucrats out of the way, and we brought private sector and the military in, and we just made miracle after miracle after miracle happen in order to get the supplies we needed uh, to different places. And I write about how we did it, but it was very, very improbable. Those things. After that, it became – I I think the media weaponized COVID uh, against Trump in a very aggressive way, right? Do you think he did too? Because he had a lot of friends in the media. You had had, Governor Cuomo says, I was going – I was backdooring the administration with Fauci. He he spent an awful lot of time talking with the media. Again, he was in my office once. His phone rings. It shows up Jim Acosta. I wrote about this. And it's like, come on, man. Like we're supposed to all be on the same team and this is a pandemic. Let's put our jerseys aside and let's focus on going
0: so there you have it, Kushner describing how he tried to depoliticize it and, and all the things that they accomplished, which never, ever get reported. Trump never gets credit. The next clip is going to be even more stunning in terms of all the things that Trump did and all the ways that Fauci tried to bury it and try to undermine the, the Trump administration. But – all these accomplishments and what did Fauci do? He's buddy buddy conspiring with CNN, conspiring with Governor Cuomo to make Trump look like he's a total failure on COVID. Somehow Fauci's the failure. He gets all this praise and he's like treated as a hero uh, uh, for, by the media, by the Democrats and Trump who's the real hero, Kushner who's the real hero. They they're the villain. It, it, it's, it's it's just all backward. I mean, it's the whole thing is just it's, it's like a completely backward version of the reality. All right, so here's the Next clip this is going to be clip two a where Kushner discusses essentially how Fauci was undermining them every step of the way. They did all these amazing things in like record time and including Fauci saying the naysayer saying that uh, they could never succeed with Operation Warp Speed. And even in a year and a half, they wouldn't have a vaccine. It took them like, what, eight months, nine months. They had it by December. The, the, the pandemic started in February, March. And this really gives you an amazing glimpse behind the scenes of the Trump COVID task force. Take a listen.
1: Here we had an amazing plan, which we developed very quickly. We had unlimited capital to spend to to, to stimulate it, but we had to make Q-tips, right? And, and basically, we just didn't have enough Q-tips in this country. And I found that it was always the lowest cost item that becomes your biggest bottleneck. And so we, we did DPAs. We were working with American cotton. We were flying them in from all over the world. But everyone in the world is looking for the same product. So we're scaling as quickly as we can. You need to make the reagents. You need to make the the the, 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 gotcha. the transfer media, and, and so. We're scaling it all up. We figured out miracles to do it. And he goes on television and instead of saying what well, we're doing, th- this is what we're doing. This is where we are today. It's faster than anyone in the world. And he says, we're just not there yet. I'm saying, what is this guy, a sportscaster? <laughs> Like you know, He's literally in the meeting. He's on the task force. He was there even before me. I came in to try to clean up the problem that they left. And and, and it's just – it would have been much- – You don't need an analyst. You need an advocate that was telling the truth behind the scenes that could express to the American just people Just to explain to them what the problem was. Why we were where we were, and what we were doing to fix it, and why what people could do best to get there. So I think COVID became very political, very emotional for a lot of people. But again, I I think that you know Operation Warp Speed that we did in in this book, which again you know he said couldn't be done a year and a half. um, We ended up getting a vaccine, the fastest vaccine in history, because President Trump came in and said, "Get it done." We hired the right people. We we cut all the bureaucracy out, and the Lancet just published a study that said that that saved 20 million lives.
0: 20 million lives. Do you hear this? 20 million lives. The Lancet is Harvard's medical journal. If they say 20 million lives, it's probably more like 30 or 40 million lives. Trump gets zero credit. If you ask any, and, and people who follow the New York Times and watch MSNBC, you ask them, they'll think that Trump is responsible for millions of deaths, and they'll think that somehow Biden is the hero. Biden did nothing. I always say this. Biden did not implement a single policy. All he did was push the vaccines, the vaccine, which, you know, we can debate the efficacy of the vaccines, but those... People like Biden and, and, and Fauci and the Democrats who pushed the vaccine, they never, ever bothered to mention it's the Trump vaccine. And oh, by the way, if Hillary were president or if Biden were president or Obama, it would have taken them years to get through all the red tape and all the bureaucracy and develop a vaccine. And because it was Kushner and Trump and, and Fauci sitting there saying it's not going to happen, you people are never going to develop a vaccine in the time you think warp speed is going to be a failure. And, and even though Fauci's the one in charge, and, and Kushner's describing how Fauci's sitting there, undermining them every step of the way. They're doing miraculous things with the, you know, with the Q-tips and the testing. Fauci's an abysmal failure on COVID. Kushner steps in, saves the day, and still he gets literally zero credit, and they save 20 million lives. And Fauci is still, still blasting. He's politicized and weaponized this COVID thing. It's egregious. It is literally egregious. All right, let's move on here to, the next clip, uh, one more of Kushner before we get to DeSantis. And here is Jared Kushner essentially saying that Trump's craziness and, and Trump's unorthodox approach is really what made him so successful. Take a listen. Ted.
1: People are always speculating on what Trump is like and I always say the truth is hiding in plain sight. But what I wanted people to say and another criticism people give of him is they'll say, okay, I love his policies but I wish he would be act like a normal person. Well, I always say if he acted like a normal person, A, he probably wouldn't have been president and I think that he probably wouldn't have been as successful as president if he was. So what I want people to do in this book is is read it and then really judge for themselves how Trump used his unique personality and his unique outsider approach – To take on a Washington that was very hostile, that I think our founding fathers designed a great system, but it needed a shock to the system. He was that shock, and I think he got better and better at it as he went.
0: And how many times have we said the exact same thing? I was so glad to hear Kushner say that Kushner's brilliant. You hear him talk and he just, he he approaches everything. He's very much, he takes, I'm an emotional person. I obviously, I have a lot of passion and I like that, but Kushner is kind of the opposite. He, and I respect that, that approach as well, where he takes all the emotion out of it. He approaches everything from a very business perspective, you know, a very like withdrawn, reserved perspective. Let me just analyze the facts here and leave my emotions out of it which is unlike Trump which is why they you know they they complement each other so well and, and Kushner says people say i love trump's policies but i wish he acted more normal right i hate the nasty tweets right i hate i hate the fact that trump can be so vicious and fly off the handle and uh you know fires people on, on twitter and all of that and you cannot have one without the other he could not be so successful if he was that normal is it just coincidence that the man who accomplished things that no other president no other conservative jeb bush george bush George Bush Sr., I mean, you, you name it, Mitt Romney, John McCain, you know, all, all these Republicans were such failures until you get to, and I'm not saying George W. Bush was a failure, but it, it, Trump did, did things that nobody else ever dreamed that he could do or anybody could do. And it, it's just coincidence that he also happens to have such an unorthodox approach. No, it's the same thing. You, you cannot separate the two, which is very important. All right. Let's get to Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida saying, talking about the student loan, forgiveness, forgiveness. I'm going to forgive the money that you owe that guy, right? Saying that uh, thanks to Joe Biden, truck drivers will be paying off the debt of college graduates. Listen to this.
1: Uh, It's very unfair, you know, to have a truck driver have to pay back a loan for somebody that got like a Ph.D. in
0: gender studies.
1: That's not (laughs) fair. That's not right.
0: It's disgraceful. It's obscene.
1: And so, um, and then you also just have the fact, like, if you're going to talk about debt, then you should look at, okay, who has benefited the most from all this exorbitant debt that's been taken out over the last generation? It's the universities. They have bloated administrative budgets. They have all this, although in Florida, since I've been governor, no tuition increases at our state
0: universities. We haven't (laughs) allowed Okay, so DeSantis, once again, hitting the nail on the head. The universities are the ones that benefit, and it's no coincidence because the Democrats try to prop up the universities because that just creates more Democrat voters and indoctrinates them. It's a vicious cycle. And here's Senator Tom Cotton, number one, saying that this is unconstitutional, that it is illegal for Biden to cancel. Biden can't just wholesale, just cancel millions of student debt loans. And uh, Tom Cotton also says that and I have an issue with this, but listen to this clip where Cotton says that of all the dumb things that Biden has done, this one's actually the dumbest. Take a listen.
1: Uh, Senator, let's ask you, first of all, about that question that Hillary was just talking about. Does this pass constitutional muster? uh, And if it doesn't, do you expect it to end up at the Supreme Court? No, John, I don't think it does. The president doesn't have the power just to unilaterally on his own eliminate entire categories of debt. Maybe he has the power to negotiate a settlement. In one case, it's disputed. But eliminating entire categories of debt, uh, no, he doesn't have that power. Irrespective of lawsuits that will be coming, though, uh, John, uh, of all the dumb things Joe Biden has done, this may be the dumbest yet. I, I know it's stiff competition, but just think about how unfair <laughs> this is for all the Americans who are harmed by this, who are now on the hook for hundreds of billions of dollars of other people's That's a clip.
0: So of all the dumbest things, he says it's stiff competition because Biden's done a lot of dumb things. And here's where I have to disagree with Cotton. I'm sorry. With all respect to Senator Cotton, This is not the dumbest thing that Biden, I mean, you talk, look at Afghanistan, you look at Biden shaking hands with that invisible guy. He's on the podium and then he turns to his right and just starts shaking hands with thin air. And uh, there are just so many endless things that Biden has, the dumb things that Biden has done. And that's what Cotton was alluding to where he said that there's stiff competitions. I think that there's like a, a, a nine way tie. Of all the things that Biden has done that are the dumbest things, there's like nine different dumb things that are all tied for first place in terms of, I don't think this is the dumbest, but yes, it definitely is right up there. Amazingly, Biden is defending this insane policy, the student loan policy, by comparing it to PPP loans and other bailouts that took place of companies uh, during the COVID lockdowns. And here's what's happening. Ben Shapiro made this point. Biden's saying, listen. Yeah, we're forgiving billions in student loans. It's going to be on the hook of the regular of, of the rest of the taxpayers, of the truck drivers, of the of the postal workers, and everybody else. But didn't Trump do the same thing? The Republicans did the same thing because they uh, they, they they lent out this money to businesses during the lockdown. Said, "Here, you want to use this money to pay your employees their salaries because they're because you're currently shut down because of COVID. Um, you do that, and then we're going to forgive the loan." So it, it, he's comparing one to the other. And Ben Shapiro made the point. Here's what's happening is and this is what they always do in Washington. The government forced businesses to lock down because of covid. Then the government gave money to companies to compensate their employees so that they don't starve, which is justifiable at the time. It shouldn't have lasted as long as it lasted, but certainly for a few weeks. Then they go and create these other crazy programs like student loan forgiveness, and then they defend their madness and say, well, look, we gave billions to big corporations, so that justifies now we get to give billions of dollars to uh, student loan holders to cancel out their student loans. So like we have one government program that makes no sense. You can debate whether it does or it doesn't, but that's not the point. Oh, well, now since we did that, now we can create other crazy, ludicrous programs, and it becomes a vicious cycle, and the debt and the deficit just keep on spiraling out of control. All right, um, one more point about the student loans, and that is that, as I said, Biden and the Democrats, they're trying to bribe uh, voters, for in Nove- you know, to, so that to vote for them in November. The Republicans sort of do the same thing. It is interesting. Look, both parties are guilty of it. They try to bribe voters, but just look at the difference. Republicans bribe voters by giving back hard-earned tax dollars. Republicans cut taxes and say, listen, you worked hard for this money. The government's going to waste it anyway. Here you can keep more of your hard-earned tax dollars, your hard-earned income. Democrats do it by redistributing wealth and by saying we're going to give people who don't deserve the money, we're going to give them the money on the backs of other taxpayers. We're going to give people who are college graduates, including middle-class Americans, including some wealthy Americans. I mean, there are people who make $120,000 a year. Um or married couples who make $240,000 a year. That's not bad. And they're going to get $10,000 of student loans forgiven. And who's going to pay for that? People who are earning even less. So they're taking from the poor and giving to the rich. All right. The court has released the affidavit, the Mar-a-Lago affidavit against Trump. And it is heavily redacted. But as expected, Trump is not going to go to jail. Yeah, there are some people in the media saying that Trump is somehow guilty, that it's something to do with documents related to national defense. The Espionage Act, this has nothing to do with classified documents. That That is nowhere in the warrants or in the affidavits. It's about national archives. It's about the Espionage Act, which is not about espionage. It's about national defense documents. And it's all political. It's all about the November election. We've been hearing for six years that Trump is going to jail. And so far, he has not been charged with a single crime. Uh Now, was there a crime committed here somehow? Was there some kind of obscure crime committed? I can't say with certainty. To me, Trump has the benefit of the doubt because they've investigated him for everything under the sun and they've never uncovered so much as 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 jaywalking. So I, I never believe it when they say that a crime was committed. Even if there was, this is a witch hunt. They're looking for any technicality or loophole that they can find. This doesn't even come anywhere close to Hillary's email servers. So they're, what they're trying to do is they're just trying to look. January 6th, that fl- flew up in their face. Um, all it did is make Trump stronger. All it did is make his, you know him him even more influential amongst uh, Republicans and independents. And Biden keeps getting less and less popular. So they're just throwing every dart they possibly can, hoping that something will stick. And isn't it strange? Isn't it funny how suddenly the Democrats are so concerned about the integrity of the FBI? Here you have everybody blasting the FBI. Over the this disgraceful Mar-a-Lago raid, and the Democrats who, for years, have been telling us how much they despise law enforcement, right? The BLM riots, the defund the police movement, police officers being shot, their cars being having Molotov cocktails thrown at it to explode, the, to to blow up their cars, police officers being literally run down and run over as part of the BLM riots, and Democrats supported all of that, and now suddenly that people are maligning the FBI because the FBI raided uh a, a, an opposition leader's estate um on uh, uh, based on bogus charges and now the democrats are the ones who are defending the integrity of the FBI you cannot make this stuff up all right liz cheney uh, she was obliterated she was decimated in wyoming she betrayed not only trump but she betrayed the republican party she claims to be a a, a a strong conservative and yet here she took the the, the leader of the conservative movement and uh, and she voted to impeach him and then she led the January sixth hearings because she has a personal gripe. She and her father have a personal gripe against uh Trump. So she got I, I mean demolished and, and and she essentially said, bring it on in Wyoming, you know, uh against this no name Trump candidate. The, the Cheneys in Wyoming they were like like Prince. They were royalty. The Cheneys were loyalty in Wyoming. And just like everybody else who's messes with Trump, uh, they got they got crushed. And now Liz Cheney says, well, I'm not done yet. I'm going to run for president or at least she strongly hinted that she has no chance. It's amazing to me how these politicians, they're so delusional and so ego driven. Liz Cheney has no chance. I would give anything to see a debate between Liz Cheney and Trump. But I don't even think it's going to happen because you'll see Liz Cheney. She will be one of the first candidates to drop out if she runs for uh, the 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 Republican nomination in twenty twenty four. Is let's go to global warming. Amazing story, you know, debunking the this narrative about global warming. And you know, the media tries to tell us that they know the science and we're the science deniers and the climate deniers. I I don't deny the climate. I never denied the the existence of the climate. But uh, but like the, the media. The, 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 they sound the alarm bells, right? They give us all these warnings about how, like, there's a massive crisis, and then it gets reversed on its own, and that completely debunks the crisis, the made-up crisis. And, 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 uh, that, of course, never gets reported. The part where, oh, sorry, we actually were wrong. We made the whole thing up, and now it's been disproven. So is global warming a farce? Perhaps. Uh, the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. Climate experts said that it had two years. The New York Times literally reported, that the Great Barrier Reef would be dead in two years, that it was literally, it was just going to die, it was going to wither away, and now it has had a miracle resurgence, and it is actually the th- thriving more than it has any time in recorded history. Climate change experts in 2020, they warned the world that uh, the Great Barrier Reef was dying due to rising ocean temperatures. Now, again, they didn't actually have proof of a link, and now this has been disproven, obviously, but there was no proof of a link between The Great Barrier Reef withering—it's just cyclical, Uh, uh, you know. This is what nature does: is things die and then they come back uh, stronger than ever. But the climate change experts claimed, now we know falsely, that this was due to rising ocean temperatures due to global warming. And now it has roared back to life. It is larger than any time since they kept they started keeping records on the Great Barrier Reef thirty six years ago. This is one of the world's natural wonders. It is fourteen hundred mile long. Coral Reef, the largest living structure on Earth and the only one visible from space. In 2020, the New York Times reported that hundreds of miles of coral reef was being killed off by rising temperatures. Quote, corals that were once colorful are now white, brittle and broken or gray and covered with unsightly bacteria. That's a quote from the New York Times article two years ago. And this, along with like the polar bears dying out, this was like proof that the, gl- the, the that the globe is warming and that like th- there was this dire crisis um, and uh, that 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 the clock was ticking, and essentially, you know, the world was going to basically wither away due to global warming. Now, according to the Australian Institute of Marine Science, the coral reef has undergone a spectacular recovery. Healthy coral covers the reef. Thousands of exotic life uh, make the coral reef their residence, and as I said, it is now larger, stronger, and thriving more than it ever has in the recorded history. So once again the scientists get it wrong, the media has no clue about the climate, they make up a crisis, a bogus crisis, then they're disproven and uh and we never hear about the part where they're disproven, but the problem is Ocasio and Biden and and these radicals, uh, uh, you know, and Greta Thunberg or whatever, they they're, they're going to use climate change and global warming uh things stories like this where they're essentially making up a crisis and I'm not saying the whole thing is made up, but you know, how do you explain this? Right. So th- then they're going to use this to then create all sorts of programs, the Green New Deal and everything else and spend trillions of dollars and never bother to tell us. Oh, by the way, we got that wrong. We we actually messed up the science. The scientists don't know what they're talking about. Staggering new report. Let's go to the border. Uh, this is stunning. Nearly f- the amount of illegals who have crossed the Mexican border into the U.S. since Biden has become president is larger than most, than the population of most states. No exaggeration. Nearly 5 million illegals have crossed the border in just 18 months since Biden took office. And of course, this is how Biden attracts what he hopes will be Democrat voters, whether the illegals themselves vote because they're going to use mail-in ballots to vote even though they're not allowed to, or whether it's their children. This is how they generate a new generation of, uh, Democrat voters. So just to put this into perspective, 5 million, right? There are, you know how many states in the U.S. have a population less than 5 million people in that state. 26. 26 states in the U.S. have a population less than 5 million. Less than 4.8 million, as a matter of fact. And nearly 5 million. You have 4.9 million illegals who have crossed the border into the United States under Biden. That is a shocking number. He, I mean, Biden should be impeached just for that. And meanwhile... The New York Post says that New York City is going to be paying, likely will be paying $300 million a year for hotel rooms for illegals who have who have arrived in New York City. New York City is renting nearly 6,000 hotel rooms. They're going to spend $300 million a year to, to, to house illegals. Right now, thousands and thousands of illegals have uh, arrived in New York City and they are completely overwhelming and straining the homeless shelter system. So, New York City is renting them hotels. Congratulations. Uh, th- th- there are people who are born in the United States who can barely afford food and barely afford gas and have to sell their car. And, uh, if, if these illegals arrive and they get a free hotel stay, like unlimited, uh, compliments of the New York City government. Uh, it's, it's, it's mind boggling and, uh, They're using so far 14 hotels to provide housing for the new arrivals. And what's happening is, as we know, we've told you, Texas is sending thousands of illegals and asylum seekers to New York City. Meanwhile, Eric Adams is outraged. And you have a bunch of New York City officials, Democrats, who they're outraged. And they're saying, well, Texas is weaponizing asylum seekers. Texas is weaponizing the 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 border crisis. It's the opposite. Okay, Biden and Adams and the Democrats—they're the ones who have been exploiting the border crisis, the the the, the border disaster. Number one, they've been allowing—I mean, it's just been—they've been so so negligent, more than negligent—and Mayorkas and everybody else allowing these illegals to cross the border unhindered. And uh, and what they've done is they've overwhelmed Texas and Arizona all these years. So Texas decided, you know what? Adams is the one who's. Who's, who's who's inviting illegals. Adams is proudly declaring New York City as a sanctuary city. Well, perfect. We'll just send them to New York City. Why should they be in Texas? Texas is not a sanctuary state. Texas does not have the resources. Texas has no interest in these illegals. They're just stuck because they just logistically are right there on the border. You know what? Let's just bust them to New York where Adams is welcoming them with open arms. And Adams says, wait a second. Now that they're in my city, I don't think I want them anymore. But instead of blaming his Democrat policies and Biden, What's he doing? He's blaming Texas. Well, Texas is not to blame. Texas has been saying that they're overrunning our cities, and we don't want them anymore. And you people in New York City are the ones who have been begging for them. Well, yeah, easy to easy to be pro-open borders and, and, and be pro-illegals when they're not in your backyard, right? So this is according to a new report. Um, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, FAIR, um, has just put out this study. A total of 4.9 million illegals have entered the United States. And they are overloading sanctuary cities like New York City and DC, which is the way it should be. Uh, And finally, CNN. This is such a joke. I mean, CNN, they should not, they're not journalists. They're not news. We've, We've known that. They're like the comedy news network, CNN, only like it's bad comedy. It's not even good comedy, but it's so pathetic. Because this is not journalism, okay? They are the personal spokesman for, for Joe Biden. And by the way, right now, CNN, they have, they're under new management, and they're actually cleaning house, and they're trying to become more mainstream, so to speak, more, you know, more middle of the road. I'll be shocked if it actually happens, but you never know. But the reason they're doing it is because their numbers are abysmal. I mean, their number, their ratings, CNN's ratings are like so low, like nobody is watching CNN. But and I mean, Democrats, you know, MSNBC, they don't have Fox News ratings, but they're way, way higher. They eclipse CNN. But CNN, uh, they put out a news story and it's not an op-ed. It's new. It's a news story basically saying, oh, Americans, you should be so grateful to Biden because it's as if you got a hundred dollar raise or or put a hundred dollars into savings. It, essentially, what CNN did is the uh, gas prices have dipped a drop. De- gas prices have dipped ever so slightly. It wasn't even a big dip. But like they went down a little bit and they had to, there was nowhere, nowhere for them to go, but down because they were so out of control and the summer's ending, people are driving less. So gas prices drop. That that's, that's just what happens. But they of course gave Biden the credit. Now they're still way, way, way higher, like off the charts higher than they were under Trump. So the whole thing is a fake story. But CNN said, look at this, Biden saved you money. Remember Putin, Putin's the reason that gas prices are so high, but now that they're slightly lower Now Biden gets the credit. Well, anyway, CNN, this was a news story. Now, it shouldn't even be an op-ed, and it's fake. But CNN actually has a news story reported, hey, Americans, uh, imagine that you just got a $100 raise, or imagine that you just got $100 put in your savings account, and obviously they were trying to give credit to Biden. So that's supposed to be journalism. Well, that, that's pathetic, a pathetic excuse for journalism. And I don't think that, you know, Americans are struggling uh, other than like a few who are just completely delusional. I don't think anybody's buying it, but it is just such an embarrassment for CNN. All right, that's going to do it uh, for today. And we will see you next time.